Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade Shade. Sunscreen. (laughs) Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Hey, our guests this week are a power couple with decades of experience in our industry. Holy. Some of their titles, but not limited to. VPSL, swim designer, sales director, senior design director, creative director. Damn, that's a lot of directing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just Mandy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Over the years, they've made huge Kirk's just a good looking, goofy Shut player. up on top. Okay, sorry. <laughs> they've made huge contributions to brands like Quicksilver, Billabong, Volcom, and Fawn Zipper. DVS. DVS. And they've Lakai. taken all their knowledge and co-founding Amuse Society over here, Z Supply. Holy smokes. We can't wait to hear all of this. Uh, we're stoked that you guys are here. Um, and this 
uh, I guess I could say Team Fry. Yeah, Team the, Fry. Cutest, you know? the cutest power but, couple in the yeah. industry. But, but oh, shucks. Kurt and Dan. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, thanks to Manny, though. Yeah, yeah. We, we appreciate you guys coming. On yeah, the show. thanks thank for having us. Yeah, this thank is you. Kurt. So fun Big to see you Big C. Big C. Okay, let me put that in the notes. I don't Big have a nickname. C. I need Kurt. One. Big C. Mama. <laughs> Big. You don't do it right now, bro. Oh, I'm putting it in the notes right now. <laughs> so, wow, this is incredible. Um, we're here at Kelly Slater's Wave Pool yep. in yep. beautiful Lemoore, California. So yep. cool to um, see you guys here. Yeah, this is awesome, right? Yep. All right. And it's only 106 today. So. It's only 106. <laughs> Luckily, we're all out of here today. Well, I'm out of here. We're out of here today. Hey, we're in the water. We're, yeah. we're fine. Yeah. We're in AC cool. now, which is kind of nice. So let's start with the ladies first. Yep. Mandy. You're not an avid surfer, right? But you've partaken in surfing. Um, when we go to Tavarua in Hawaii and Costa Rica, <laughs> I'm in there. When was the first I prefer time? Prefer warm water. When was the first time that you you got into found the love of surfing or found surfing? Um, well, I, I did it a few times before I met Kurt, but it wasn't until I met him that I realized this was going to be my life if yeah. I was going to stick with him. So I better figure it out pretty quick because uh, there's no uh, vacations in the middle of the Midwest. Hell <laughs> no. Yeah. I think, I think that's... Only on the ocean. So, yeah. yeah. Well, with wave pools popping up all over the world. Oh, so. yeah. Now we can go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a, every spouse is like, if the surfer, if there's one surfing, if you're only going to the coast or somewhere tropical or... Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love. And uh, it's become a big part of our life and now a big part of our family. So, it's a pretty rad way of spending yeah. your time. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful healthy thing to do yeah so okay big c you have a very illustrious <laughs> career in our industry you're one of the pine well kind of one of the pioneers in retail too because yeah. you, you know you had an early stint at ccs mail order correct right? correct but let's AKA, start at the beginning aka golden child northern California. <laughs> <laughs> i haven't heard that one but i do like that one. yeah well, golden child <laughs> california <laughs> kelly dropping gold over yeah. there so tell us where you well grew growing up in central california you know in san luis Obispo, morro bay kind of tascadero that zone um started working at ccs back in the early 80s and yeah. but what about surfing how did you get into surfing um, kind of just actually mostly in the Central Coast area of hanging out with guys, the likes of like the, the early guys like Dave Parmenter, yes. Craig Coleman, Big B, Chris Burke, and yeah. just got, had a good crew in the early and 80s. And those guys are all from Central Cal? They're all from Cayucas, mm -hmm. yeah. And Dave was originally from, from, uh, from Newport, but yeah. pretty much spearheaded it. It was cool to have someone that was in the top 10 of the... What was it? By tour ASP. ASP. ISP, ASP. ISP. What was it back yeah. then? Yeah. I knew it was early days. So he was, to have a guy from a small little town, if you remember back in the early 80s, hardly anyone in the area that, you know, it just brought everyone up with him. And yeah. so we had a good crew of guys where Chris was on the NSSA team. I did a little stint on the PSA tour. It just, you know, just everyone was doing contests and driving around and kind of pushing each other. So yeah. it was a good kind of run through the 80s which is really good how, how old were you when you first started surfing or did you boogie board first skateboard like I never did the boogie <laughs> so, I just did uh, just skateboarded in the early days when I was in San Diego um, Spring Valley Skate Park was kind of my go-to skate park back yeah. in the early days yeah. of the probably late 70s and then we moved to up to Atascadero or, or Morro Bay okay. and then so you and I started, started surfing I grew up 
Well, we started in Morro Bay, parents got divorced, I went to San Diego, then we, we came back, okay. my mom moved back, and that's when I really started surfing, probably about 16 years old. Oh, wow, surfing. late start. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, late start. And or the skateboarding. Sur- and the surf scene wasn't that blown up yet. Up no. Central Coast, but San Diego and yeah. everywhere you've seen. It, like, was, it was kind of cool because I started on the single fin. Yeah. Went to the Mark Richards. All right, I'm going to the, to the twin fin. Then I went to the thruster. So it was kind of cool to go through that era mm-hmm. it, with someone like a Dave Parmer who was like riding. He was riding the Lance Collins twin fins when yeah. I first met him. And I was riding, I think, an Infinity 6.8 single fin. And then it went to like, I started getting twin fans and then we saw Simon Anderson and then it was, you know, just kind of that whole progression of the early 80s. I want to do what he's doing. doing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so Chris Burke, Craig Coleman and Parmenter came onto the Central Coast scene yeah. right when you moved back then. Yeah, they were kind of, Parmenter moved up from Newport and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, he started getting everyone under the, the young kids and that was, you know, the whole kind of punk rock scene started happening yeah. in the early 80s you yeah. know and then so that was kind of our crew was kind of moving that direction where you still had the the older guys with the black wetsuits and the pintails and the beards and the you know grateful dead guys so yeah. it was kind of a you know that whole era i think it happened all over california yeah, yeah. literally the, the little punks were in punk yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so it was kind of a cool era to grow up in and then around someone like that you know that push everybody was really cool so yeah. then your first job in the industry was was working at uh, Central Coast Surfboards. Actually, I, I surfed for Mike Hisher, Hisher at Wavelengths when I was going to uh, to uh, just out of high school, and then I, I switched over to, to CCS and started working there, which was uh, super fun. So uh, Hisher was your first sponsor. It's Mike Hisher was my first sponsor. My, uh, team Wavelengths. Wavelengths. Team nice. Wavelengths. I had nice. sweats that I didn't set Team Wavelengths right on. <laughs> now you know we talk about like how cool it is to get sponsored and like the thrill and, and how you get like really stoked and proud to be it's, yeah to put a sticker on your board right? you got some cloud and some status you yeah know? like because you go back to school you know after you know being put on a team and you're like you're you're walking on well you wear your team sweatshirt yeah it's all, you're walking on clouds like <laughs> yeah. whoa bro you're, you're on wavelengths yeah. What? And it was cool because Hisher is such an iconic person in the industry, yeah. you know, and such yeah. a good guy. It was awesome. And then even with the, even CCS with Mike Cheney and Jim Hall, super nice guys. Yeah. Still so friends was, today. Yeah, still yeah. friends with everyone today, which is yeah. cool. 
And, and work in the floor as a grom? Work in the floor. I became the surf team manager and then the board buyer at CCS. Cool. Wow. So um, we were kind of doing that thing. And then my friend Steve Beck and, and the guys just started the CCS mail order. And I remember they had the first phone was in the closet at the, <laughs> at the surf shop downtown San Luis Obispo. And I answered the first the phone and they were like, dude, we, they put out this email thing there, this uh, the mail order in the, in the uh, Thrasher or some of those mags. And, the, we're all we're not gonna get anyone calling us on this. All of a sudden, the, damn, the phone rings. Right the phone rings, and I run in there, answer the folks' first phone call. CCS Miller, how can I help you? And it was like all of a sudden, we had this little shelf in the closet, and the orders just started stacking and stacking. So and we couldn't get them out there, hit the ceiling, and we're like, we better get a warehouse. You know. So who crazy. was it that came up with the idea to do mail order? I think it was Steve Beck. It was his senior project okay. or his uh, senior project at Cal Poly. That's so crazy. And then Jim Hall and those guys just. Just no way. Them. Yeah. They what? And then he was our and then efficient. He was our minister yeah. in our wedding too. That's crazy. Yeah. Were, were they circle? Yeah. yeah. Were they buying for the mail or are you just pulling stuff off the shelf? Well, like first it started more of a, of a. We were just pulling, but we had we had a big skate business then too. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, out of the shop, so yeah. it was pulling. But then pretty soon we just realized they yeah. they realized it was just, just getting out of hand. Because you know, truth be told, Val Surf kind of started the mail order thing back in the day. Yeah, surf, absolutely. Right? I think when, I got my first trunks from Val Surf. Right? When you look yeah. at, remember the, <laughs> in the back pages of the Surfer magazine and surfing, yeah. they had the, the, the funny like yeah. pictures of all the t-shirts that they made. And then I remember started seeing CCS stuff and we're like, whoa, what's that? Right? Yeah. And for those people that don't know, CCS became like one of the biggest Businesses yeah. that that turned into e-com business. Yeah, yeah. Mail order quickly turned into well, not changed, quickly, but yeah, turned into. It was bought for like millions and millions yeah. of dollars yeah. by somebody in New York. Yeah, right, and then sold to somebody in Portland. Yeah, and but I think to this day, I know when they bought it, it was I think they had five million kids under boys under 18 on a mailing list that is so which phenomenal. was why people wanted to buy it because everyone had mailing lists at that time yeah. but it was for girls or yeah. was, no one had this these, yeah. these contacts and that was the big thing that, how long so how long were you at ccs for um well then i started going to cal poly so i was working from 85 to probably 89 got out of cal poly then and uh, what was stayed your local. major yeah i stayed local huh what was your major uh, business marketing. Mm, look at the big brain on big, big C here. <laughs> I went in under civil engineering and then it switched to business marketing. Civil I, engineering? Yeah, I You're like, damn, what that, that calculus is. I mean, I'm sure there's calculus in business <laughs> too, but not like engineering. Yeah, no, it was, I, I got through the math and stuff, but it was just, a, it's a big, it was a big commitment and I thought, you know, business marketing is more down my alley. Yeah. That's what I focused did, on. did you always envision like continue on in the surf industry or you know like- I did because at that time you know you start building a relationship with all the reps coming in yeah um, and you're kind of like wow this would be something really cool I could do this you know but let me finish up college and I'll figure this out yeah and, uh, so I finished up college I moved down to uh, to uh, to San Diego for like six months and then I, I got a call from my friend Chris Burke in in Bruce Beach who were living in San Clemente and they're all dude you don't want to work be down there come up here so that I moved up there I moved in with Bruce Beach and wow. Chris Burke in the uh, apartment right sounds like here. trouble to me what do you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and Chris trouble. Burke was working at OP and me and Bruce were parking cars trying to figure it all out valet and huh? up in Laguna so <laughs> can I backtrack one second yeah. like the importance of like what CCS I mean that first phone call and then you said the paper 
the mail orders Orders. started stacking up. Like, you know, CCS was a still, it kind of still is a main surf shop in yeah, in, in slow. Correct. Right? It's been sold by the owners a few times, and but, someone else owns it. But yeah, it's a, it's how, a, it's a how tr- crazy is it though to see the trajectory of the business once that aspect of mail order came? It out. was crazy. I mean, all of a sudden, it, you know, to a surf shop with twelve employees, and we're all surfers and stuff. To all of a sudden, warehouses with yeah. thirty yeah. to forty people, buyers, and and people. And Mike Adamski, one of the main guys at that ran CCS, told me that. They were. He thinks they were instrumental in launching a lot of companies because he, oh, to, he told absolutely. me something that a couple of shoe companies came to him and said, "You want to buy how many shoes? We're just starting. We can't do that." They said, "Let us give you the money yeah. to go get the shoes and start your business." And some of the major shoe companies out there right now started with CCS purchase yeah. orders. You know? did, did they? <laughs> they need. They needed newness, and they yeah. wanted to have you yeah. know, be first of the we bunch, which of ultimately helped. Yeah. Them. yeah, which yeah. I think, which I think, Mike Adamski was really Smart. keen on that. Yeah. That he said, "Look." Oh, I don't want to go with the establishment. I, I want to help all the all the, the authentic guys that are in yeah. it. Okay, stuff, you know? the, the catalog. Yep. Was that launched out of San Luis Obispo? Yeah. Yeah. So the mini little catalog yeah. that everyone had to have. Yeah. And uh, for Christmas, yeah. kids would bring them into the stores and go, "I want this." Yeah. And then, right. Yeah, and then they, they had really clean ads. If you ever remember seeing them. everything laid out and really yeah. clean, and then they caught on. They're like, "Shoot, we don't want anyone else to kind of." jump in the space so they actually created CCS California cheapskates they created five other companies and put them all in the ads so it looked like oh wow there's so many people in this thing I don't want to do it <laughs> they're actually really smart because they went yeah. California surf styles or California yeah you know well, there's too much competition and yeah it's going on it's almost like just so taking a domain name yeah right? so a lot of collaboration and minds there that, that really kind of you know made a lot of right decisions there I think yeah which was good. Revolutionary idea that they took to the next level. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so you, you moved down south. You Started you parking, cars, parking cars. Then um, Chris You already Turner, graduated from college? Graduated college. Moved down south. Then, Magna cum laude? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> but anyway, so then um, Chris Burke came home from OP one day and, and said, Hey, this guy Greg Arnett called me and wants to start a sunglass company. You know, I'm gonna think we're gonna start our next sunglasses. This is early '90s. Yeah. It? Like you go in any surf shop, there was the category wasn't really there. It was no. Olay, Varday, for sure. And so maybe Oakley. some Ray. Yeah, and even Oakley at that time didn't even have a two lens frame. Everything was the blade, the blade, yeah. and then and the razor blade. Yeah. And then. So I said, well, you know what? I'm gonna get back up north. I'm, why don't I go up and, and rep it? And then that, that was the whole launch of Arnett when I started repping. I moved, that what got me back into Northern California. I moved back up to San Luis Obispo. Started with Mammoth and Tahoe with Arnett, and then um, and then just started repping from there. And then you know Bruce Beach went on to run Arnett and Chris Burke. You know a great marketing story. Arnett in the very beginning, you know, was amazing. I mean, yeah. run through the '90s with Arnett was just yeah. just crazy until they sold it in '99 to Bausch and Lomb, and then yeah. Bausch and Lomb sold it You know, so it's crazy. crazy. Uh, I we we ta- who told us that uh, Greg Arnett surfed. GT, I think, right? GT or Pat, I don't know. One of those guys, yeah. and I didn't know he surfed, and yeah. I didn't know he had a surf shop. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, what? He was a surfer and on a surf shop. Yeah, I think it was GT. And he, he was a designer at Oakley for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He, he, I think he started at Honda, designing a Honda, and then went because they were when he went to Oakley, he was doing the grips, and then yeah. he was doing doing the other stuff, and then they wanted he wanted to do sunglasses, so he pieced out of there, and him and. Uh, 
Jim Gennard is it, is it always yeah. had a little conflict, you know, going on. But Arnett was a great story, and it was a great Dude, run, and the marketing huge. that Chris Burke put behind it, and, yeah. And we had a great sales force. Everyone that was on that sales force, to this I day mean, was just GT Big C. Yeah. Come on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which means GT me? had a great run at Von Zipper as well when I moved down into down in a back down in 2007 to run BZ. Yeah. So yeah. so you packed your bags, went back up north, went up north, and that pioneered. Like I hear the sunglass thing got that going, and then brands like DVS came along. Lakai, I did, got into the whole snowboard industry early on, so I was doing Lamar snowboards, and then I went to ride snowboards, and then ended up doing uh, Forum at the end. You know, just uh, C three with um, Gumby and all those guys. Yeah, so it was great, you know, great crew. Yeah, yeah. I you, mean, you've had some categories that uh, diverse, right? Like, yeah. So yeah. when you when you were doing Arnett. There wasn't really a sunglass business yet. Yeah, that must have been sketchy to like pioneer, you know, a category, let alone a new brand that wasn't, you know, wasn't, didn't have space. I mean, there's probably endless yeah. opportunity. No one, no and, one, and no my only territory had. when I got it was Mammoth and Tahoe. So that's the only yeah. territory I had. I lived in, I lived in San Francisco. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to move up north a little cheaper up there. And why why yeah. just Mammoth and Tahoe? Because there was another rep, um, 106, an epic um, Mark Lorbach, epic person. He had that territory, but he was slowly moving. He was getting older, slowly moving in-house to do the international aspect. So they said, just start here, and if it works out, keep going. But I saw all the all the people that was such a creative crew that I'm like, this yeah. thing's going somewhere, and I want to get into it. So when you're young and hungry, you just yeah. go, hey, I'm, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. Do whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah. Drive up there and start. And then that's when you, know, you meet Steve Clausen, you meet people... You know, that showed him, you know, sitting on the floor with Steve Clausen when he had that teeny little shop, and you know, yeah. and then just killer. And all of a sudden, to this day, you know, we still go up there to all the snowboarding. And then you mentioned yeah. some snow brands, and I mean, at that time in the industry, snowboarding was just, you know, Booming. going nuts. Yeah. You know, obviously the eyewear took off and went nuts. And, yeah. And goggles. Yeah. Goggles. And here you are, like, now you're juggling a bunch of, you know, bunch, bunch of brands, brands, a bunch of categories. Yeah. yeah. And, and a really good territory for both of those if you're covering Mammoth and Tahoe, like, that's yeah. where the money's at. Yeah. It was the killer. big dealers are at. You it's always hard. have this ability to see brands and their potential before they even really got up. Well, if you think about it, don't give them that much credit. And you guys, I started repping before there were cell phones. Think about that. Think about starting (laughs) repping before there's cell phones. I would go from shop to shop and I would- Or GPS. Yeah, I would have have the Thomas guy, dude, driving through Stockton. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Sacramento, Fresno, who knows? I'd have to go through the nose. I don't want to go there. The Fresno's, you know, all yeah. those. But, you know, awesome time. But it was like I'd pull over and call my orders in on an 800 number to Arnett. Yeah. But, all right, I'll do the next shop. Tri- Flashbacks. Flashback to this, right? Yeah. So, so you're you're the Arnett rep. You're going to sell sunglasses to skate shops and surf shops. And yeah. you walk in, you go, hey, I'm, you know, Big C, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell you these sunglasses. And you look around, you're like, sunglasses that the buyer's like we're a surf shop we're not selling sunglasses right yeah i think the reason everyone said yes is it's it's not a big dollar outlay yeah. you can preach that you know per square footage it's the highest dollar in the square footage in the store plus you have chris burke who's got machado he's got andy and bruce irons we got all these kids that are just you know and the marketing was so out there they're like hey something's going on here yeah. you know and, and to these guys those guys are product movers so, yeah did they have sunglass cases right off the bat like hey you're coming in like you know as a footprint or how how was it merged yeah, back then we did yeah. have sunglasses and it took a little minute because we had a few styles and, and when they came out with the catfish that's when things blew up and i remember yeah. You know, going back to this, I go on the road, 
and I'd load up my fax machine with the roll paper <laughs> and, and I'd go, all right, cool. And I'd go in and I'd be, all right, you need two black, two green, two, I'd go down my order form pretty soon. They're like, dude, every shop owners go, no, I need 12 of every color. Dude, uh, what? I'm like, really? All right. So that's, I get home and I go, where's all the fax paper? And I'd look behind my desk and it was on the floor and I go, uh oh, think this thing's starting to cook, you know? And it so just took cool. off, dude, yeah. a huge territory. Um, so then, and then you started talking about all the other brands you started representing, yeah. right? And the next like big wave of a new category was footwear. Footwear, right? yeah. And you were at the pretty much the ground floor of when DDS. Yeah, launched, I right? hooked up with with uh, those guys at DDS, and I thought they had a great product. And How, who did you search them out, or did they search you out, or you know what? I think they searched me out through some other reps. They were looking for someone in NorCal, and they just all of a sudden I got a got a call from Kevin. Yeah. You know, and he's all, hey, do you want to do this? And I said, yeah, let's do it, you know? Come down, let's drink some beers, let's talk about business. <laughs> you know those guys. For you there, you were a sales manager for a long time. Yeah. And it, you know, it was just rolling. And, and yeah, if you, you could, if you could hang with us and drink <laughs> beer and, and, and be able oh, to, yeah. It was, yeah. A great, it was a great company to work for. They oh. had that go for it attitude. Yeah. And it, it was just, it was just game on with them, which was, it was refreshing. You know, they gave us, you know, free samples at first, whatever it took. They were, yeah. they were like, whatever it takes, we're going to make it happen. Yeah, so that was cool. Our smart, industry was so young things. and you know and strong and like yeah, it was crazy because DDS, like our net was probably number one at some point in time yeah. in the eyeglass game, mm -hmm. and DDS was number one in Absolutely. the shoe game for the whole time I was there. It was number one pretty much. Yeah, and like for you to to see these number ones and and be part of these number one brands that's kind of crazy right yeah. like and then how many people to, get that same chance? ones in snowboarding i had the north wave and drake program boot and binding and then and then um i had lamar snowboards which kind of took off then i switched to ride and the ride went off you know so all of a sudden you're juggling i'm hiring sub reps and more managing a bunch of people that, the economy's on fire. The business yeah. is on fire, and it was it was it was a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the knack you have is just obviously relationships and like knowing who's behind the brand. You know, yeah. like don't, yeah. don't, it's really like what you you need to like envision what they're doing. You know, because you know the product has to be good regardless. Yeah. You know, to be able to like execute and sell at, at retail, but it's like okay, what who's behind it? Are these, yeah, these guys not just the smarts, but the creative and the marketing and yeah. what team and you know, if you could see that, getting it placed yeah. is hard, but that's the easy part. Yeah. Right? And if if you have the right, right guy like Big C, you can get it placed. Right? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm, 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 I'm being, for a minute, I'm being yeah. serious. Like, <laughs> guys like us, we get things placed, but yeah. like you said, yeah. you know, the, it's vision, the so. marketing. And as a rep, you, the only thing you have is your word at the end of the day. Yeah. So you have you have a relationship with retailers. And yeah. I think I had a good relationship with all the For retailers sure. that they knew no matter what, I'm going to take care of them. If it doesn't work or something's not working out, I'm yeah. helping them out. And I think that's where, yeah. where as a rep, you really have to be a man of your word and be like take care of your retailers. Yeah. That's where the real Follow relationship is. is. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what brand you're going to be working for next year or in yeah. five years or, or whatever. You know, yeah. And it's all about, you know... Being as we tell the, the owners or the buyers, like we're on the same team, you know. If I ship you a bunch of crap and it doesn't sell, then that does neither of us any good, you know. Yeah, you know, we're not gonna walk away from them. You yeah. Know? Like, All right, let's figure this like, out. Let's, you know? let's let's work and put the best. You know, we, we've had a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple. I mean, I had a line one time with Arnett because I knew it was going so good. I'd go to the shop. I could look. 
if this doesn't, if you're not happy in 30 days, here's a check, here's a blank check. I'll just buy it back from you. Yeah. I'll buy it all back. You know, so it was like, all right, well, if you're gonna stand behind me like that, I'll do it. And yeah. I never had to write a check, you know, so it worked out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just good remember uh, walking into, uh, gosh, the bikini store in Sacramento. Uh, surf and skate surf and skate Bob big Bob Mitchell yeah and I remember walking in and going holy shit like we're all sold out of everything but he wasn't with shoes with shoes with shoes yes absolutely and I was like whoa all they have is you know size 6 or 5 and nothing in between to 13 but what good about DBS DBS had like Keith Huffnagel key people like I could sell the Bills Wheels and like FTC Kent in in San Francisco and those guys were totally in and then when you guys launched Lakai it even legitimized even further so not even to like a bit more of the mainstream stores all the core accounts carried it and which legitimized that's which made it so big and cooking at the time is that it was you had the legitimate riders and you had the marketing and you had the product and it was it was all banging at one time You've worked for a bunch of good brands that do a bunch of good parties. Yeah, through a bunch of good, 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 good uh, uh, sales meetings, right? Very blessed. Had a good run in a lot of brands. Uh, which one sticks? Which which sales meeting sticks out? Mm-hmm. There's which one? You go. I'll go. Probably the one that, that that sticks out the most was Arnett sales meetings were off the handle. We had some great podium ones as well, but. I remember we had maybe our third or fourth season because Arnett didn't do ever do a trade show booth. If you knew this, they never really? never did a trade show booth. So it was always big sales meetings, good support the rep force, support the retailer. We don't do trade shows. So that was a whole new the- wow. new new formula that. at that time. Yeah. But I remember, you know, remember in Cabo the Hacienda Hotel, which is on the kind of Pacific side, but on the peninsula right at the end, kind of burgundy at the end of the harbor, like yeah, up on the hill, up on the hill. Yeah. So. Well, we have a salesman at the Hacienda, you know, so, or whatever it was called back then. And I just remember you got 40 or 50 guys, you know, first we're, we're kind of having beers on the plane down there. And then they put us in line to check in and they're giving everyone free margaritas, you know. I just remember <laughs> Greg and I going, all right, guys, just go to your rooms. Open I remember people going in their rooms and it was a big, you know, like 10 story one. And everyone had rooms facing the pool. Everyone just went in. Picked up their furniture on the patio and was throwing it out. Everyone's kicked out. This oh getting out of here. And then Greg and I remember Greg Arnett getting mad at everyone. Then he went and got a bunch of water balloons, hid in his room, and it was throwing them at everyone. The whole rest of the sales meeting, and everyone was like, in Mexico, who's throwing out. water balloons at everybody? And he, he'd come out all like he wasn't doing anything, and I knew he was throwing the water balloons. Oh my god, <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, well, well all right. let's take a break. Yeah, not for me, not for me. Switch focus. Yeah. Switch focus. The beautiful Mandy Fry. Woo! So, <laughs> yeah, my better half, my much yeah. better half. Yeah. So, <laughs> tell us about your your upbringing and first job in the industry. And did you go to college? Yeah, I um I actually lived in Kentucky for four years when I was going to high school. My family moved all over because my dad was with IBM. Wow. And I was obsessed with reading fashion magazines, and this little pamphlet was stuck in there that said FIDMLA. Didn't have any clue what it was, how I was going to get there, but was like, I'm going to go to design school. And didn't know much about it, except I thought in, at that time I wanted to be a merchandiser for a retail store. That's about as far as my mind could expand mm-hmm. at that moment, especially pre-internet and research that I couldn't do very well. And um, so anyways, got myself out to California by myself, drove cross country. You're kidding me. How old? 
if you're eight, if you're a parent and you have a child and imagine that 18 years old, your child looks at you and says, I'm leaving for California, please don't say no. And I literally, they, they gave me the thumbs up and I left at 3 a.m. that morning, said goodbye in the driveway. Did you prep them? them? Like, was we it talked like about a, it for a while and they just didn't understand, you know, they're, I mean, amazing parents and so supportive, but they just were like, whoa, I don't, I don't even understand how you're yeah. going to make this happen. And they said, we'll talk to you every day for the rest of time, but we will not, you know, fund you. We won't support you. And you're on your own. Wow. So I did it. I moved, I moved cross country, got to California, um, got myself into FIDM. And uh, right after school. How did you get the funding? Yeah, where you work? Oh school? my God. I, I, I had school bills until I was 31. And, and so you took a, a, lo- a took school a loan? school loan out any way I could, all on my own. I worked three jobs through school. I worked at South I Coast love Plaza. This girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I worked what, at what Laguna Playhouse. I worked at um, South Coast Plaza at the Banana Republic. <laughs> and my, you got your merchandising job. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I they didn't need me, I worked at the Coach Store. And then um, look, look at her foo fooness over here. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know what Coach was back then. It just was a store that was hiring and. I'm like, these are cute bags. So Banana Republic coach. Yeah, and at the time, Banana Republic was huge. And the CEO of Wet Seal was my my best client. And um, I was getting commission. And she would come in and buy samples for Wet Seal. And she would, she'd buy 10, 12 grand at a time. Just so wait, slap them on the counter. So this lady that was the CEO of Wet Seal would yep. shop at Banana Republic. For inspo. Yeah. Awesome. So she was a big help in uh, getting me through school because <laughs> she would because you got commission. I got commission. Yeah. And you like realized this is a hey, little mini. We got meal a new drop coming in. <laughs> yeah. You know, come come yeah. before. Yeah. And honestly, I haven't really thought about this, but she was my first um, understanding of what it meant to shop for inspiration and be a design. I mean, it's kind of a, a unusual way of learning about that, but it was real and yeah. it was real money and it was and what seal at the time was super successful so yeah, what she huge. was doing was working yeah um, it was kind of like the first entry into fast fashion that none of us knew at the time was happening um, yeah so it's I crazy got, to think that fast fashion's always kind of existed yeah yeah in its own way yeah yeah so I got myself through school and um, I needed a job bad I needed a full-time job so I could stop working three jobs so I so went, wait FDIM is where? FIDM. FIDM. Uh-huh. Orange County in LA. So I went to both um, campuses. Campuses. Yep. And lived in Orange County um, with a guy. A guy I was dating. His mom. I lived with his mom and just. I just made it meet and made it work. Made it made it work. Yeah. Yeah. With hardly a dime to my name. And then um, I went to the school and said, I really need a full time job. This is killing me. I, you know, I, I, and she's like, well, after you graduate, you can come back and see me. And I said, no, I need it right now. She took a phone call back when we had phones on the wall. She stepped, so she stepped away from her desk. I peeked over and it said, OP assistant designer. And I was like, hell yeah, that is me right there. I don't even know what OP is totally, but I'm going for it. So I, I went home and called 411 and uh, got the phone Which number. Which is information. Yeah, by the way, for those who don't know, yeah. that's how you used yeah. to get phone numbers. Wow. Yeah. That was a quick route. The other one was going through the, the, the yellow pages, yellow or, yeah. or white pages and trying to 411 in 20 years. That's and a I, <laughs> And I think they charged you. So that was a big deal to like, dial 411 because there was charged. a fee to that, like yeah. two bucks or something. But um, yeah, I, I called him up and I said, I, I would like to interview and they, I actually so, got an interview. So, Go back a second. Yeah. 
who was the lady you were talking to? This lady at FIDM. Okay. And, uh, in the, she in the had mark placement department, so she okay. had people calling her from companies looking Got for people. It. So when she turned her head, man, you kind of look yeah. at this girl. <laughs> yeah. Watch out! I'll look at yeah. your desk. Can you turn away? <laughs> um, so I went in for my first interview. They hired me on the spot. I worked there for um, right at twelve months, and I got a call from my best friend to this day. She. Um, was interning at Roxy and she called me and said, hey, um, Quicksilver is hiring a swim assistant designer, you should apply. And uh, so uh, did you already graduate from? Yeah, okay. I, I was done with school. I had done 12 months at OP, but I was at OP, I was doing kids and um, knew did, that that wasn't my passion. Like kids uh, cut and sew or yes. just everything? Like cut and sew, a lot of t-shirts. Yeah. Um, but but just course. understanding the inner workings of yeah. yeah. Yep. Learning how to do a tech pack. Yeah. Learning how to um, do art placements and it to the factory. So production. Learning the whole inner workings of yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Huge learning experience. I mean, twelve months taught me a lot. It's where I initially met Dick Baker. Um, that guy was awesome. Yeah. A lot of lot of key players at OP. It was um, pretty eye opening. Um, so then I went to interview with Leslie Tobia, who ended up being Roxy. my longtime mentor. I went to Roxy, interviewed, she hired me on the spot. And I of went Of course on, they did. I don't know. I guess I <laughs> just told them I need a job. What year was Roxy and what year was this? This like? was the late 90s. Okay, so, so Roxy's been around a few years. It's been around a few years, but really hadn't gotten going in fashion. Yeah. You know, it was just t-shirts and board shorts for girls. Mm -hmm. And um, man, I landed there at the right time. It was it was a wild, wild ride. For six years, we grew that brand. We, it was so much fun. Um, I learned under the best, Leslie Tobia. Um, I actually have an interview with her daughter at Z Supply next week. I was at her uh, baby shower and used to babysit her. But anyways, um, I went and worked for her and learned everything there is to know about swim. I mean, everything. And this is back when we were doing production in LA before anyone did overseas production for swim. Crazy. And um, Bring it back. Yeah. And we did textiles and we did all of our printing in LA. Um, so it was it was a huge learning, very very hands on, much more than in design is today. Yeah. Um, and then Billabong called and said, "Hey, we want to start swim in the U.S." They did not have any swim out of the U.S. They were just importing from Australia. And um, at the time, Billabong Women's was again mostly board shorts and t-shirts. They had not figured out yet how to keep up with Roxy. Mm -hmm. And um, they knew that they wanted to do something more, but right at that point, it was mostly men's. They had just finished the Hurley-Billabong split, and uh, Billabong was starting fresh again under Paul Nade, and um, they were wanting to get more into women's, and they needed someone to come in and, um, and really focus on swim. So um, Steve Wilson at the time was the VP of Billabong, and he hired me to come in, start swim from the ground up, find the factories, hire the the so you sewers, were the, the, the point point person yeah. that had swim. Yeah, so head of that department. Swim designer was my title, and um, but got to come in and set up from the ground, hire merchandiser, um, powder makers. We had sewers. Big pay raise. Um, a little, yeah. I was probably making seventy grand, you know. Yeah. Because um, that's kind so of yeah. kind of cool to talk about, not to brag about, not to dig in yeah. the finances, but it's you know you, you like you said you came out here with no money, no yeah. support from your parents yeah and then you you get you're working three jobs yeah and then you know because you're not making 
crap, right? No. I, I mean, afford. you're making minimum wage. Four dollars and twenty-five cents. I think yeah. it was like minimum wage back then. And then you get that's crazy. You know, assistant mm-hmm. designer OP. You know, you're probably making nothing. I think I was making twenty-one grand yeah. a year. Yeah. OP, and then when I went to Quicksilver, I remember thinking thirty was a huge jump. You know? <laughs> which jump? And it was. Which, which it is. But, if you take yeah. nine, you know, that's yeah. a twenty. That's over twenty. You know, and incrementally, yeah. Yeah. you know, incrementally your steps were huge, right? The step ups were huge, but in a short amount of time. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which is pretty sick to yeah. kind of reflect on. Yeah. You know, from, from being minimum wage to making 21 grand, to making 30 grand, to making 70 grand. Yeah. Like that yeah. is yeah. phenomenal. That is it phenomenal, is but, it, but it's also learning, you know, at the ground zero, yeah. being an assistant and, and you know, you, you, you can't just go hop in one of those jobs without having that experience, no. you know, and it's those no paying jobs having to do every aspect of that job, every, single every aspect. department to get you to money's not everything, no. but it's, it's sometimes you're like, Oh, sh- you know, shoot, like I need to, you know, start yeah. making more money and yeah. you know, you, you're, you had huge, uh, uh, student loans probably right yeah and but the the cool thing too about it money aside is like you're like stepping up in the industry yeah. like you're tiny you yeah tiny yeah like, you know like and you're being headhunted by people yeah and Which coming into really, billabong it was you know a very male-centric um industry and it's also a male-centric brand and so coming in there and feeling like i had a place and i knew something that the rest of the team did not at the time you know no one knew about swim no yeah. one knew how to do it and I had really learned for the last six years, and again, under someone who had been doing it for many, many years and was amazing, I really learned every single facet. Like I knew how to do it from the ground up. So coming in and having that opportunity to really show what I had learned and really um, make an impact on a global brand yeah. and, um, and really start it from nothing because Billabong Women's was doing like I mean, even with all their categories at the time, which was very little, was doing very little. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I came in and um, started doing it uh, domestic, and then all of a sudden it became, oh wait, we got to move to China, and it was happening faster than I could keep up with. And all of a sudden I'm on a plane to China and I'm trying to figure out factories, and I did, and we figured out factories and we figured out how. How to, old were you? I was um, early twenties. Mid twenties. Mid twenties. Yeah. Yep. And Being a highfalutin jet set. High, <laughs> a lot of responsibility, and for someone like a you know Steve Wilson to have that vision and that and and Paul Nade to have that trust that I could I could figure it out and yeah. I could do it, and they put me on a plane by myself. No one went with me to China several times. So <laughs> hey, where, who's picking me up and where am I going and where? Yeah. What, what do I do with the money? You just yeah. They're like, you figure it out, and and, yeah. I, and that I did. And so for three years, built up the swim business. Um, and then Kathy Pack at the time, um, she was the design director, and she really wanted to have children, so she was retiring. And Paul Nade called me upstairs and said, I want you to be the women's design director, all categories. And I looked at him and I said, there's no way I do swim. That's my specialty. I have no idea about apparel. I have no idea about accessories, snow, footwear, wetsuits. I mean, we'd started doing it all at that stage at three years into it. He was trying to appoint you to do everything. Yeah. And you were saying no. I was like, I I, I just can't, I can't, I can't imagine doing this. 
I swim is my niche and yeah. I loved having a niche. I yeah. loved having something that I was really specialized in. And he's like, no, I, I know you, you can do it. I just watched you for three years with your head down. I didn't even, when I came to Billabong, I didn't even know how to use Illustrator. And all of a sudden we were doing packages, like I said, in China. And all of a sudden it wasn't hand sketching anymore. You had to, you had to do them in the computer and do Illustrator and Photoshop. So I, I sat there till 10 o'clock every night. The security would kick me out at 10 o'clock for three years and just taught myself how to use Illustrator and Photoshop. <laughs> what, was Swim like a, a four season category? Or because it's Swim, it was, was it two or three seasons? It started out as two. Two seasons. Uh-huh, spring and summer. And then all of a sudden we decided we could do a cruise category yeah, or like a, a delivery resort. resort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it became three and then became four. And then all of a sudden we're, you know, not every single month we'll, were we delivering, but at least nine months. But, but when you're making that jump to all categories, yeah. which is oh mostly for you know four you know four yeah. seasons, like that's yeah. so it's good you had yeah. at least yeah. How know, long the calendar to change your mind? Um, he didn't even let me go downstairs without saying yes. So he's like, no, you can do this. You you got this. And um, yeah, I, I I appreciate him and I appreciate his vision for seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. Look, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Mandy. Yeah, you got this. I've seen you grow. <laughs> and I know you've got it in yourself. That's a great call out. <laughs> Good work. Oh, so, uh, so, yeah, I went on to do that for many years, um, well over a decade. And Billabong, it was a wild ride. It was a ton of fun. Um, so, did you get another pay raise? Oh, yeah, sure did. Hell, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you did. That's how you do it, right? How many categories are there? Okay, that's one, two, three zeros. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was, but I remember thinking, I, this is, is going to be but a bes- long you know, time. Besides that, you're, you're maturing with with an industry that is relatively like non-existent, yeah. you know, and then you start your career and what rocks you went to, I mean, it didn't take them too long to where it was surpassing like Quicksilver numbers. Yes. You know, yeah. and then Bill Long, and like you said, within this. three years, you're yeah. outgrowing like anything domestic mm-hmm. and you're having to go overseas and you start adding all these categories. It must've been just, I mean, Well, I think like, like, like our net back sunglasses, women's brands for, for the, for the surf brands, yeah. all of a sudden they became an, became a category. Yeah, huge. And it was Roxy and Billabong that were fighting it out most of the time, you know, and then yeah. other people coming in at smaller levels. And I mean, and I'm competitive. So yeah. when I saw an opportunity, oh, I'm really? like, yeah, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't take no for an answer. <laughs> um, so when I saw an opportunity to compete next to men's, I mean, Rob McCarty, poor guy, I was just like right in there. Beating I'm like, let's, let's do this. Let's go head to head. Let's sell some board shorts, bikinis. Oh yeah, we're gonna well, do you, dresses. Well, you guys, oh, 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 board shorts, t-shirts, a flannel, yeah. a fleece. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Wow. Check out the girls' line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we're doing dresses and dresses. Well, Rob did a great on. job. With oh, he's amazing. Well. Yeah. He's, just, he's, yeah. He is amazing. But it was it was fun to have a little you know push and competition. It's healthy and. Um, all of a sudden, Billabong was on the map in a big way for women's. Yeah. Uh, we were super strong in swim, probably even stronger in dresses. And all of a sudden, surf shops were buying way more than t-shirts and, and shorts uh, from a surf brand. Yeah. And it was it was huge. It was a big change in the industry. Um, Roxy was was seeing what we were doing, and they were trying to figure out you know how, what they could do to compete. Same with O'Neill and Rip Curl. And 
we grew that business um, bigger than I think anyone in the in the uh, internal teams ever thought that that business could be. And um, all of a sudden, we were do. I had all my designers and design meetings, and all of a sudden, we were designing fur coats and designing things that you would never expect out of a brand. So, Gosh. and we were finding ways to make it make sense and ways to place it. And we were finding ways to shoot it where it made sense to see a women's more surf-centric brand um, sell these type of items. We just, we started something called Designer's Closet um, to, to showcase like more fashion. And it was a nice, easy way for people to understand, you know, more fashion pieces in a, in a brand like that. Um, so we had a ton of fun and uh, we grew that for, like I said, um, I was alongside Candy Harris. Um, she was in marketing and we just locked arms. We had, um, a really really fun time we had some you know growing in that industry and riding that wave I don't I wish everyone could experience that yeah I, I think you only get to a few times in your in your life if you hit it with the right brand and it it's, was an amazing ride it's crazy to think of how your trajectory was really quick and how your experience like catapulted in so many different levels and like you're you're obviously a strong woman right and and it's crazy because you know you you were an assistant designer to head of design yeah and think about like you were being managed at one point in time right yeah. and then all of a sudden you're managing yeah like 20 30 teams. women <laughs> yeah. i mean a couple men couple, i did hire a couple men what? but yeah <laughs> What How crazy is that? Yeah. Like, yeah. whoa! Like and no one, you, were, you know, like, no one gave me a rule book. No yeah, one, yeah. no one sent me to management classes. So this is stuff you learn on the job. But yeah. like, it's as, so awesome to hear that. You but know? you know, we we grew up in, at HSS and surf shops, yeah. and, and and you know, business owners are always looking how to like divvy up their pie and where to invest. And you know, here's women's tucked in the shop in a, in a corner, and yeah. as the industry is going, like, are you having meetings with all the bigs of Absolutely. all the brands? Like, okay, hey. You know, we want to do this section. You know, we want to bring in and support. Like it had to have been like just crazy conversations with retailers. Like we need more. We, yeah. you know, yeah. so you probably had really good support from yeah. the retailers coming in. Like, and a lot of oh, my, we want you to make us more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah please. Yeah. yeah, can you grow this and can yeah. you have more colors of this? And and, and you know, and that side of the business where these, you know, we've seen yeah. the changes within retail yeah. of like really. You know, hard goods what you know makes it core and drive the business, but it's not a lot of margin, you know, and then yeah. women's and you know, like footwear blew up and yeah. you know, women's blew up and now like the pie inside the shops like ever changing. But yeah. I think I think also when I saw that happening is that, that Billabong was very good at making sure the stores had nice build outs and, and point of purchase materials. And, and they, they were like, All right, they weren't like, No, we're not gonna do that. Like so it was yeah. good to get that support at Billabong as well to get all those build outs. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As a merch story, as a, you know, identify the brand and set yourselves apart from, yeah. from the other labels and stuff. Yeah. It was a battle of, you know, space and it still is, you know, yeah. it so, hasn't changed. So after Billabong, you were there for a number of years. Yeah. Over a decade at the end, I was um, really involved with Global. So I was traveling to all the other Global um, headquarters throughout the world. And, so um, did you become Global? Yeah, I mean, brand director. Yeah, because Billabong God, US was please. was leading. There's the a charge. lot of zeros after that. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, Billabong USA was leading the charge, so all the other all the other um, areas in the world were following suit to what we were doing. So and they all have different needs and different yeah. like you know. Yep, and 
that's when I got my crash course and what it means to have a global calendar, which yeah. to this day is one of the hardest things I think for any brand to try to keep up with. But um, yeah, so Billabong was going through their change and, and being bought and I saw the white space so clearly in the industry um, for a brand that could catapult beyond just surf stores, not just surf stores, because those are my absolute favorites, but go also into boutiques. Um, Billabong, it was difficult for us to get into boutiques because when boutiques would see us, they'd say, we love what you're doing, we love your story, but, you're, you're, but you're a surf shop. I mean, you're a surf brand. Yeah. And your men's mostly focused, you know, that's what was in their minds. So I saw white space for us to create a beach culture lifestyle brand that also could sit at boutiques. And that's when um, I left Billabong to start a new society. But I had a stint. Jason Steras called me from Volcom and said, hey, you know, we, we'd like to do something different for our women's brand. And I told him, you know, I wanted to really start a brand, but I needed a little bit more time before starting a muse. And he's like, well, can you give me some time? So you I went in there and- uh, Like full time I kind of remember, but not yeah, full time, yeah. yeah. I went in as a VP of women's and- um, After that, Billabong. After Billabong. Yeah. And he's like, he gave me KPIs. And I, I was really excited about the opportunity because they were owned by Caring. And I had the opportunity to go to Europe and go to the caring fashion shows and sit behind Anna Wintour. And um, I had meetings with the caring um, CEO, founder, and all his, his entourage. Wow. I had him at his office in Europe and I had him at the Volcom offices in Costa Mesa. And to me, that was a game changer. And that was um, really, really fun and different than anything I had experienced. But I also... Because that's like the high fashion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they owned Gucci. So I was like, hmm, let's, <laughs> let's check this out. Yeah. What kind um, of sourcing do you have? Yeah. What kind of factories you're working with? So yeah. Can I get a bag? What's the cost? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also love Jason Steris and I, I wanted uh, a chance to work with him and loved, you know, what they had done with Volcom over the years. So... I went in, he gave me a set, you know, list of KPIs and I just went for it. Um, he wanted to, you know, elevate, look, feel, teams, factories, product. So I just went in, brought my team, a lot of the same girls that I had had on my team for a long time at um, Billabong, they came with me to Volcom. I think I, you know, set them up for a great, in a great position, put a great team in place. Um, Could you explain what KPIs are? <laughs> a list of a list of goals, what they want you to accomplish. What is performance right? indicators? Okay. Yep. Just for the listeners. <laughs> the KPIs. Performance <laughs> indicators. It's how you track your employees. You give them some KPIs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I felt like I had done what I had came to do, and I felt like I set them up with a really good team, and it was time to start a muse. And so um, I partnered with Paul Nade, who he had started Visla. And um, he had a house in my neighborhood, and I literally knocked on his door, and I said, I want to start a women's brand. He said, well, I do too. And I said, well, we can either compete against each other, or we can do this together. And wow. so we, we did it together, and um, it was a great run. I, it was a, a lot of fun building something from the ground up. I honestly can't wait to do it again. And um, it was, building was Building was the best part of it. Was yeah. was was not a focus like this was just going to be men's, or was he thinking of 
doing Visla women's or like yeah I think he knew he wanted to do women's you know um, after the experience with Billabong women's I think that he knew he wanted to do women's in some form so this was a way of doing it so he partnered with Summer Rap um, and I um, and she helped me launch it for the first year um, and then she went on to do Add Black with her husband and I continued on with Amuse and yeah it was it was great yeah you guys came out of the gate swinging too yeah I yeah. mean, you pretty much had everything on lock. Yeah. And uh, I remember the the first like graphic Beach Vita bling. Yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah, Ooh, memory lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. These girls are taking over the the women's industry. Yeah. Like I was just like, you know, summer wrap. Yep. And and. Mandy Fry yeah. are like the biggest divas <laughs> in women's, you know, fashion. I'm just like, oh, look at those yeah. guys are. What was like the, the incubation period? Because obviously you you, you planned this you know, for a I while think- in the thought process at Billabong, and then you went to Volcom, and you know this to put you know a concept on the paper and actually you know develop samples and a line and you know like that's, that's yeah. So the idea, it doesn't, um, but it's, it's interesting when people ask me that because I think there's a difference. We, I had the idea when I was at Boulevard, you know, went, went to do Volcom and just kept thinking about it but not focusing on it. Left Volcom and it was December of 2013 and it was like, let's put a brand deck together and let's open our doors in January. And I think that's a... Did you the, come up with the name too? Uh, we sat at the Vine, Summer and I, we sat at the Vine restaurant in San Clemente in a booth and we just sat there and wrote out names. We actually had two names that we were going after. Um, Amuse obviously ended up being the one to win and um, we just, I don't know, we just brainstormed names and it came right there from having dinner. But there's something about not overthinking it yeah. and not spending years building decks and psyching yourself out and thinking about all the reasons why it could or couldn't work. and. Um, That's I like catching a wave here at uh, Surf Ranch. You yeah, know, just don't overthink it. You can't psych yourself out. Which pretty easy to do. It was pretty easy to do it. Freaking out is out. Yeah. Don't listen. Up. Don't listen to anybody. Go with the gut feeling. Don't listen yeah. to anybody. And just CT three thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys had that for a while. Yeah. So um, yeah, about five years and um, 2018, I looked at, here's Miss Jagger right here. I looked at Jagger and Cruz, um, our two kids. And uh, I just said, I, I, I need more time. They, they went from newborns to however old they were then in 2018, can't do the math, um, really quickly. And I was traveling a ton with Amuse. You know, we were doing trade shows all over the country. We were already international, so I was traveling internationally, and um, we definitely had some good family trips in there as well, and tried to keep a balance, but having a full-time nanny who was there 50 hours a week, it just wasn't sustainable after. It, it actually had been eight years of having a nanny, so yeah. Big C, is this when you stepped in to be a stay-home dad? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can handle this. I keep trying to sell that to I'm my really wife. I'm off. <laughs> Babe, I'd be the best stay-home dad ever. Ever. <laughs> <Mom. laughs> Yeah, just for clarity, he um, he left Von Zipper when I started Amuse to give me space to start, and then 
Um, we, after we knew it was going to work, he went back to work a year later and we hired our nanny back and we had a nanny for the rest of my time at Amuse. And then that was when I just was like, I need, I need to just, I need to be a mom. I need, to focus. Mom. I need yeah. to yeah. And focus on Cruise and Jagger. So 2018, one of the best years of my life. I got to really focus in on them, be a part of their life, top to bottom, didn't have a nanny. Kurt was working and I, for the first time in my life since I was 14, didn't have a job and <laughs> literally could figure out, I, 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 now I understand the feeling of going on vacation and not having a thousand emails and people calling you when you're in the middle of an island called Tabarua and people still be able to find you, you know, like I was able to travel the world with my family and not feel the pressure of other people needing me. How long were you off? <laughs> a little less than 12 months. Oh my god. And um it was You make it sound like you took a a, a whole year yeah. off. I know. All those 350 days like a year. Almost 350 days. Um and Kurt's like you are not cut out for this because what was happening is I was finding play dates and I was finding babysitters because I was going and having meetings. I was like, hey, Neil at Billabong, Neil Fisk, the new CEO, hey, you want to have a meeting? Hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, uh, I was just calling up everybody and we were having meetings and chatting and I was really exploring what my next step, my next chapter was, even when I was telling myself and my family that I was going to be. Couldn't you? Mom, were, you, were, you were you pondering, like, I could just freelance and still have this stay home, like, part-time job and work or no you're like I got to be all in I'm all in yeah it's hard for me to freelance it's hard for me to just have my toe in something so I was really looking for what I could really sink my teeth into so um some people just have that drive and calling right? yeah you really I mean, do. you can make and the most exerted effort to, to change your life but yeah why fight it but yeah. with all that accomplishments and what the success you've had you probably got you know so many people are like you need to get back in the game too you got to come and yeah. help us so you know well, I yeah. think at that time a lot of people think what are you everyone keeps asking you, what are you doing next yeah what are you doing next what are you doing next so it kind of puts that pressure on you all right yeah i want to do something you're trying to figure it out and it's I, like that. Yeah. I don't know if i had a brain fart but when you decided to sell to Nadi, how, what what were the factors or, uh, that you wanted to be a mom again? Is that, is that what it was? Yeah, it was really that I, you, you find yourself in not feeling totally fulfilled and you you find yourself not... Say what? 10 minutes, we're doing a group shot. Okay. <laughs> Don't interrupt us, bro. <laughs> Kelly Swanson from On the Beach, thank you for hosting Days of Stoke. We got Days, Days of Stoke, Stoke and a photo he shoot. Need, he needs minutes. our photo. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't being fulfilled and, and nothing, you know, one certain thing. I just, um, I was really unsettled and not in my groove and um, I, I knew I needed a, a change. And so. Was it a lucrative, did you get bought out? Um, yeah. Okay. I got bought out. Yeah. Yep. And good, um, good it, compensation. It was a, it was an opportunity for me to be able to enough for me to be able to step back and, and think clearly and without having nice. to make rash decisions based on financial or change needs. or change lifestyle. Right? Yeah. 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 So I just it allowed me to step back and take a breath and see what I needed to, or what I should do next. And again, the whole time thinking I was just going to um, end up staying home and, and Be probably home. retire. 
And I would say that out loud and people would laugh at me like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, why doesn't anyone take me seriously when I say this? Uh, but my, one of my first phone calls, actually it was the day after my last day at Amuse, um, was Greg Garrett from Z Supply. And, he, and I'm like, how the heck did you already even know I left Amuse? And he's like, and what was your connection to him before? We have a friend in common. Okay. Um, Angie Broberg. And, um, and this is a day before the, the your day last day at Amuse? No, the day after. The day after. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I was unloading the dishwasher and my phone rang. And, uh, Free agent. Free agent. <laughs> um, are you, do you want to meet? Yep. And he's like, I'd, I'd love for you to come in and you know, see what we're all about. So it was awesome because we spent six months just getting to know each other. Um, I th then I spent another six months um, consulting, getting to look under the hood per se, and really find out if this was a partnership I wanted to get into. And that was the, the offer right is like, I want you as a partner. And, yeah, that was, know. yep. That was the, um, that was the goal. That was the conversations and that, and he was also saying, I want you to lead Z Supply because I want to move to Carmel, which he has now and um, semi-retire, you know, yeah. um, and go enjoy life with his wife up there. And um, so Kurt and Cruz and I and Jagger, we actually drove up to Carmel and Kurt and the kids got to interview Greg as well. That was an interesting, we hadn't done that before. Um, but Kurt was like, hey, I, I think this is a great opportunity. Again, going back to the conversation in the beginning, Kurt always has a really clear understanding of brands that have potential. She has prior name if she heard you and, uh, So, yeah. so <laughs> explain to us and, and our listeners what Z Supply is. Yeah. So Z Supply was founded by um, two guys, Greg Garrett and John Zhao, and they started it around 2013. And they started it as a basics essential brand. All knits, mostly t-shirts and tanks, um, then went into fleece. Um, just women's, right? Just women's. They dabbled, they dabbled in men's for a minute, but yeah, just women's. Um, and like he, a, like an elevated American apparel or like a James Purse, like something like, yeah, like exactly. a premium basics. Yep. Selling Look at Larson, he said James Purse. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah we knew. He threw that right out there. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. Far? Yeah. 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 Hey, I got a Tumblr shirt and no, I'm just kidding. I can't afford that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. The, and you know. Um, boutique price point, selling only to boutiques, um, not to any big box retailers, and um, had a really, really good business going. And so when I joined full-time July of 2019, we, we were experiencing really strong growth at that time, and then hit end of 2019, exponential growth, early 2020, continued growth, and I don't take it lightly or say it lightly, but 2020, we just happened to be a brand that it catapulted us into the next level um, COVID did um, and because it was cozy yeah I think like, we had a right, right product for the right time work at home we kind of great on a zoom call works great on a zoom call <laughs> put your green screen in the yeah. back like, where am I at today yeah so how it took you Six less months. than a year to take your hiatus yeah your retirement lasted yeah. less, less than, than a year, year. and and you, you, uh, yeah. Kurt, you're done. Yeah, hey, I got a heat. I got to go. He's got to start. I'm going to hear CT3 30 seconds hey. in any minute. Now. Hey. Then we're going to do a recap on how you how you did out there and rewatch all your, your okay. ways. All right. No Thank pressure. Guys. No pressure. Awesome, guys. Thank you. All right. So, so, took you less than a year and you guys interviewed him in Carmel and you, 
you said, okay, I'm going to do this. And yeah. You, you became partners with this. this yeah, with guys. Greg and John. Yeah. And then you're running A to Z pretty much for the yeah, majority. Yeah, um, John, uh, he oversees production and factories. Um, uh, we have really strong factory relationships. Um, and so he runs that side of the business. And Greg, he's um, high level, which I love. He's he's high level where he's able to see things and point out things sometimes before I even see him because I'm really on the ground floor, really yeah. getting my hands dirty. Um, he lives in Carmel. He oversees you know financials and um, sales. Which I think every but, business needs to have a, a brain like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Manage yeah. numbers and, and you know revenue and. Yeah. From a really high level, and then um, Ann Fong and myself, we run all of that on the, for the day-to-day. So she's um, our CFO, COO that I hired in January of 2020, and she's amazing. She's she's a game changer. Yeah. Um, so her t- her and I together, um, you know, we partner on the day-to-days. We have our we both have our lanes, and we have a mutual respect for each other. So we're able to really. Um, coexist beside yeah. each other. Yeah. yeah. And where is the headquarters for Z Supply? Yeah, so it, w- it was in Costa Mesa by the airport. Um, and then when they hired me, they said, let's, let's find a building and let's have you remodel it. So we found a building owned by Sigurdsson, uh, South Coast Plaza family. It's right behind Vans. Uh, we gutted it and I got to fully remodel it top to bottom. We moved in the end of January 2020 into a 30,000 square foot building. It's beautiful. And um, it's it's great because we've been able to use, we, I built a photo studio there, so we've been able to use it for all of our photo shoots throughout yeah. COVID, not having to rent anywhere. Um, our design team has ton, tons of space because they're really the ones using the building. Um, but yeah, it's and a beautiful sh- building. shipping out of there as well? Uh, no, our warehouse is in LA. Okay. Yeah. So. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, so it's uh, it, the building's sitting there ready for us when, we're, when we go back full time, which we will um, in the fall. Wow. Yeah. And hey, you guys are over a $100 million company. It's going well. <laughs> it's going really well. Yeah. It's going well. <laughs> I think, you know, a couple of things. Again, we were already growing uh, pre COVID. Um, a lot of great things working for Z Supply and, and its growth. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. Oh, okay. Photoshoot. Photoshoot. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in this beautiful 30,000 square foot building now, and it's you know, yeah. you're, you're going to be going back uh, this fall as full time with, with everybody. Yeah, we'll bring everybody back. We're going to do a little bit of a hybrid, um, depending on the department, depending on the needs of um, how many days they need to be there. But I do believe that it's, the, you know, it's officially changed. I don't, I'm not going to say forever. But I think that our employees um, are going to appreciate a hybrid program and definitely the new talent. Every, I'm, I'm hiring for 11 positions right now and everyone that I'm interviewing is saying I won't work in an office. So, yeah. um, and it's working and um, I'm, I've become pretty savvy at managing a lot of people um, over Google Hangouts and seeing each other when we need to. So yeah. we're going to continue it. Well, happy, happy employees, you know, per, you know, produce, yeah. you know, and, and being, being able to, you know, not be confined to an office or a cubicle or whatever, yes. and being able to, to go outside and, and draw inspiration and stuff and, and be able to juggle family and life is so beneficial. You know? Yeah. Yep. And keeping them happy is my most important 
it's my, it's my focus because it's really hard to get good talent. Yeah. Really hard. So yeah. how how did you and uh, Big C connect? Okay, so I had just got my promotion at Billabong. To be the global. Um, yep, I had just turned 30. Um, prior to that, there was a lot of changes in my life and um, I pretty much had a, a blank slate. Um, not to go into any detail, but I was like ready to, to find somebody and uh, didn't even think it was possible. I really just felt like I was going to be single until I was 80. Just career woman focus, yeah. no time, could, no, no, no Prince Charming has swept yeah. you off your feet yeah. yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I threw a party at Candy and Enoch Harris's house in Laguna. Awesome. I was celebrating my one year of being single. I invited about 50 friends. Um, and Kurt was down here for a DVS um, Lacotomatic sales, sales meeting. Yeah. And um, he called up Enoch and said, hey, should I go back to Santa Cruz or should I um, turn right on the 405 and head to Laguna? And he's like, yeah, come down here. Our friend Manny's throwing a party at our house tonight. Should be fun. Come check never, it out. Never met him. Never met him. And um, I had, was carrying in a ton of groceries because I was doing like a whole Mexican spread. And uh, Kurt comes around the corner, grabs all the groceries, takes them all from me, cooks the most amazing meal for all these people he doesn't know. And, um, Dang. He's a really good cook, I was telling you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's where we met. We met that night. And the next day I figured, you know, he went back to Santa Cruz. We'd never see each other again. And he called in the afternoon. Did you guys make out that night? No. <laughs> we danced. We danced. They have a tree house. We danced yeah. in their tree house. So, so hold on. So he took the groceries out of your hand. So he knows like, hey, you and your partner. At that point, you introduce uh, each other. Uh, yeah. So I, you're like, hey, it's Mandy. This is my place. I'm Big C. Yeah. yeah. You know, why don't I cook some, some food for yeah. your party? And at that moment, I just needed help. I wasn't even thinking about who he was or what was going on. And so we ended up having a really fun night with everybody. We played poker. We danced. Um, and the next day, I thought, you know, he'd gone back to Santa Cruz. But he, I was doing my single girl things, going to Trader Joe's, getting my nails done. He calls and says, I want to take you out. And uh, let's go out tonight. So, um, I was so hold like, on, hold on. You're, the party that you threw was it a uh, you celebrating your your one year, year anniversary being, of being single? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and everyone no, knew that. No, yeah, and nobody thought I could make it a year. Um, but it was actually really hard to find a boyfriend, so I did make it a year. <laughs> and and you guys had a lot of mutual friends at the party, or he just knew? No, he just he knew just Candy knew. and Enoch. Okay. Yeah, he didn't know anybody else, and uh, he fit right in, and was of course the life of the party. And uh, my friends loved him, and so we went out the next night, Sunday night. Took me. So to, how did he? Did did somebody tell you that they gave him your number? Uh, or? Candy. So she <laughs> it, she uh, she was uh, this was pre kids. And she likes her, she, at that time in her life, she liked her TV and she liked her cereal. And she was sitting on the couch all Sunday morning eating cereal and watching TV. And Kurt kept asking for my number. And she's like, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. He's all, no, no. Finally, at like 2 o'clock, she, she gave him my number and he called me. And I was, I was caught off guard, you know. I was like, oh, wow. He stayed down from Santa Cruz. So... Anyways, took me out to Montage and Taboo for dinner. Good first date. Hey, big spender. That was a good first date. And I uh, had a big, huge Suburban. You know, he was like the NorCal rep. So yeah. he had pulled up in this big, ginormous car. And um, anyways, we, uh, we had a great night. And then that Tuesday, he called me and said, I bought you a plane ticket to Santa Cruz. You can't say no. I already booked it. It's done. 
So you're flying to Santa Cruz on Friday. Wow. And at that stage in my life, I, I was pretty much thought he was up to no good. So I was like giving all my friends my, you know, making sure they had his phone number and we're not ready to be, not, yeah, in case they check on missing. Me. <laughs> Something might happen here, but no, Canyon Enoch vouched for him. So, anyways, we dated for two years. We flew back and forth. Um, I would leave Billabong Friday afternoons, fly to Santa Cruz, come home Monday morning, go straight to work from John Wayne Airport. We did it for two years. We would meet at, in different places. Had a lot of fun. Cool. Um, saw a lot of the world at that stage, and um, and then Von Zipper, well, Billabong owned Von Zipper, and he was um, repping that brand as well, so Paul Nade called him up and said, hey, Mandy's leaving here every Friday, coming back every Monday, why don't you just move to Southern California, come internal, run Von Zipper, um, and let's just get this done. So I remember standing in my, my kitchen. Wait, like Paul Nade <laughs> called... Him, him and Mark Tinkus. And yeah. said, hey, we need you down here. It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, let's just get this yeah. done. Just move down here. And I remember I just bought my first house in San Clemente. Actually, Leslie Tobia's house, my first mentor. Wow. Um, I bought her house in San Clemente. Cypress Shores? Nope. Um, above the high school on okay. Salvador. And um, I remember standing in my kitchen. He's on the phone. I, I think it was Mark Tinkus at that time. And I was just like, no, don't do it. Do not go in-house. You're gonna hate it. And, he, and for him, he'd been a rep for 20 years. And he's yeah. like, in-house, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. And I'm like, no, don't do it. Um, but he was like, you're just getting started in your career. You can't move to Santa Cruz. You know, I'll, I'll move down here and let's just see where this takes us. Yeah. So he moved down, he was with Von Zipper, Von Zipper in-house for eight years. And we got married uh, right away when he moved down. We had two kids. We, you know, traveled all over the world together a lot because he was also with Billabong, and so we were going to similar places and had a lot of fun. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And now he's Mr. Stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And now I tell you, he is uh, hes a game changer because when I stayed at home, I was so worried about what my next chapter was or what I was going to do. And I was building decks and having meetings, like I mentioned. Yeah. And I couldn't be the fun mom. I just couldn't figure it out. I was more about, what do we have to do today? Let's get this done. And um and you know, had to keep reminding myself to have some fun and to yeah. chill out and just go to the beach with the kids. And it's not that I I don't love that. It's yeah, just you're really just busy. You want to stay hard focused. For me to, yeah. yeah. You got ADD. You 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 need to to be industrious yes. and freaking. You know, you need to have a project yeah. at all times. And when Kurt stays home, I mean, he is just fun, Dad. It is. Yeah. It's amazing. But he also has this special talent to get all the grocery shopping done, get all the laundry done. The house is spick and span. He makes the most amazing meals. I have no idea how he does it. it. He's one of a kind as far as being able to have a ton of fun, surf with the kids throughout the day, make sure he's going to the beach and the skate park, seeing friends, play dates, but then have the house, the food, the dinner styled. I have no idea how he does it. You whipped him into shape. I don't know. I don't think it's me. <laughs> and he probably, does he, say, he probably says the same thing about you. Yeah, I don't know how you, you know, are oh, able man. to juggle and stay focused and get all the stuff. You know, yeah, we have our different, we have our different strengths. Yeah. yeah. And I do think it helped that he was a bachelor for many years. So yeah, um, that, that, uh, that makes a big difference. Timing is everything. It's so funny yeah. how you guys, you know, you were celebrating a, a year with no boyfriend. Yeah. And <laughs> he this guy the pops into your life that, you know. To the day, April 4th. 
to the day. Crazy. Yep, he popped in on the, yeah. So it's weird how life happens. I have a lot of young um, employees and have had a lot of young employees over the years and they always, you know, talk to me about guys and it's so hard to, you know, find him and when do you know he's the right guy? I'm like, oh girl, you just know. <laughs> he walks in and takes your groceries and you don't even think about it, you know, you just, you just know. and. When you meet that person, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's end it on that. Yes. Woo! Way too yeah cool and positive, but a, a little recap on Big C, Kurt Fry, uh, industry freaking veteran yeah. from startup brands like Arnett all the way to DVS and Von Zipper, and then Mandy who. I mean, your story is, I'm fucking so stoked that yeah. we got to yeah. and, you. experience, yeah, you know, learn your experiences because like, oh my gosh. Yeah. The, people don't, you know, and especially I was kind of getting choked up when you were saying, oh, but yeah. in our, you know, you. male driven sport and society and stuff to, to, to showcase like how important, you know, the women's role is in growing that business. And, yeah. you know, there's not too many women that have had the you know, success in the, you know, the, Bro. Yeah. the, the 18 years old. Yeah. You well, tell your parents you're driving from Kentucky <laughs> to go to FD. Yeah. And <laughs> they said, we're not going to fucking support you. No. And I mean, how scary and how defeated and like, you know, like, Whoa, how am I going to do this? Yeah. And you drove Just across country Just by yourself it. in your Honda, 18 years old. You work three fucking jobs. Yeah. You go For to school, <laughs> you graduate, and you, you, that lady that, uh, the wet seal by, uh, CEO, yeah. you saw what she was doing. You're like, oh, maybe that's something I can do. Yeah. And then you graduate from FITM, and then boom. You, you ask the girl, where were you at from Fitham, yeah. right? To see if you, she can help you get a job. And you look just over and you job. see. Just one job, just one full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, making minimum wage at three different jobs and then taking the bull by the horns yeah. and seeing an opening for OP. You quickly learn a lot of stuff there. Roxy, yeah. then Billabong, and then the trajectory of everything from there to amuse yeah. to now Z supply. It's like, you're fucking, yeah. you're gnarly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to be president, but I don't think a lot of people understand that it takes, you know, it takes years. I mean, yeah. I, I know that there are certain situations where, you know, with a lot of the influencers, a lot of direct to consumer brands where it, it happens a lot quicker. I understand that. But for yeah. the most of us, it takes, really really long hard years of your yeah. I mean getting your hands dirty and really learning the ropes and you don't just get to be president and when you get to be president it's you know it's not everything everyone chalks it up to be because yeah. you're still you're still grinding yeah it's and you get to kick back yeah like you, no. you've made it but now you're responsible be for careful what way, you ask for right? yeah. yeah way more people and way now more you're responsible for people's lives their livelihood yeah. You know, and a lot of my employees are moms and, and breadwinners and they have children and, and I and I don't take that lightly. I mean, the, the decisions I make will greatly affect, you know, their livelihoods. So it's, it's a lot but of, how cool a lot of that, pressure. But you know, have a, have a company 
be in your position and help groom the, the, the next generation. Oh, yeah. Look at your son, Amy. <laughs> we just watched Cruz get away. Whoa, but, so cool. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like when you, you're able to pass down all that, that knowledge and, and what you would have wanted for yourself as a young, you know, yeah. you know, startup or, you yeah. know, uh, a young, you know, employee. Absolutely. You know, like, look, they're asking you for boyfriend and, you know, guy, guidance, guidance yeah. you know, like yeah. that's crazy, it's but really that's, cool. that's special too. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, congratulations on having such a amazing family and Thank career. Yeah. The balance that you, you guys have with with how you've done it and you know, like you said, you, it's cool. The reward family's rewarding and that's the most important thing. But for us, like when we talk to people like you, entrepreneurs, go getters, and then you know, reminding people it's like you, you work for yourself. Right, but you you work and create for others, yep. and that's like to me that's like one of the best things about owning your own business or starting your own business or running your own business yep. because yeah you're, you're you are making money for yourself but you're making money for fucking you're like providing for, for a lot of people like yeah. surf shops yeah. do you yeah. know and yeah. boutiques do which is. Yeah. The great American dream. That's right. right. Yeah. So. And everyone says, how do you, how do you balance it? And you don't, you, you just do it's it. a juggle. <laughs> it's, you, you don't balance, you juggle. And right now, Jagger wants to go surf with me. So I better go surf. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. D supply. Team fry. <laughs> C, team fry. We got to, we got to give you a, a nickname. A nickname. Mandy. <laughs> Gosh. Right, you gotta think about that. Yeah. Thank you, Mandy. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you, Kurt. Thanks, Big C. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Peace. WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out WaveKey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit CalienteSouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 